Steve Lance, your host of the Capitol Report on NTD News. If you have not done so yet, please hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with all of the latest news coming out of the nation's capital and beyond. About a quarter of house builders say they've reduced their home prices this month. That may seem like good news for people with enough for a down payment on a home. However, the cost of a home mortgage is up considerably, and so are building materials. These compounding costs are putting the price of home purchases out of reach for many people. Mortgage rates were reported to be above 6% last week, the highest level since 2008. And home prices are also elevated after the buying boom during the pandemic. To assess the interest rate hike's impact on the economy, we sat down with Congressman Ralph Norman. Here's our exchange. Congressman Ralph Norman, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Glad to be here, Steve. Congressman, I just want to touch upon uh, President Biden's recent interview on 60 Minutes. Um, he downplayed uh, 8.2 inflation, just going up a, a spec to 8.3. Uh, what type of message do you think that sends? A couple of messages, Steve. One, he's disconnected. I mean, it's obvious that he's, uh, he's not running the country. The cabal that is gets it. This is a deliberate attempt uh, to undermine America. I mean, the highest inflation rates in 14 years. For 17 straight months, inflation has outpaced wages. The Americans now are feeling it at the gas pump. They're feeling it in, in the grocery market. Uh, they're feeling it uh, in the crime statistics. I mean, there is no bright light with what this administration is doing, and it's intentional. And so it doesn't surprise me that he's saying that. He downplays it because he's insulated from it. Uh, but the, the American people, uh, for the first time, I guess in the last couple of months, I've seen it in South Carolina, they're mad. They're saying, why has this happened? We need some relief. And this administration is still uh, ha has blinders on. They feel like they're, they're not accountable. And, but I think they will be accountable on November 8th. Congressman, your previous life, uh, you were in real estate. Um, the recession in the housing market has already started with the Fed set to raise uh, rates again. Uh, where do you see things going? Well, you know, Jerome Powell said one thing, right? It's not going to be a soft landing. It's going to be a very hard landing. And you got to remember, interest rates are a key component. Housing is the bellwether for the economy because it affects so many different trades from footings to architecture to the lawyers closing the loans. And uh, as, uh, as housing goes, so goes the economy. And I know in our company, we've shut down three to four projects that we would have gone through with. But when, rate, when you're paying more for money, when you have projects that you can't finish because of the supply shortage. Uh, I bought a battery the other day for a, a Ford 150 truck, uh, 12 years old. I got the last battery. And I said, what gives with this? And they said, well, it's offshore somewhere. Uh, quote, because of COVID. Well, COVID's long been over with, but the American people are, they're trying to sell a bill of goods that's not selling. And uh, it's down to the point that uh, when you see housing pretty much come into a, a slowdown because of all the uh, factors mentioned, uh, you're gonna see the economy pretty much on the skids. Look at what Europe is, is going through now with what Russia's doing on energy. Uh, you know, Europe has got a real problem with the recession, if not more. Do you think that the uh, the housing cool down is keeping up with the interest rate hikes, or is it still, you know, with another 100 basis points here, is it going to exacerbate the situation? Absolutely, because, you know, when, when, when and it's in different parts of the country. In the South, 
uh, you have people moving down there. I can't tell you the plates that, the license plates that are New York, New Jersey, California, they're coming south, but they've got a limit on what they can spend. And when rates go up, where they're borrowing, cuts into what they can spend at home on basic essentials, that's when you see the slowdown. And housing is already beginning to slow in, uh, in our market. Houses that used to sell overnight now are sitting on the market. And you're going to see uh, extensions on housing that sit on the market that, that are not selling. And then those that um, are not going to start housing because you can't, you can't complete them. When you're back in the district and talking to your constituents, um, how big of a concern is the economy uh, for them moving forward? Oh, it's, it's, it's a huge concern because it's money out of their pockets. Uh, when you go to the gas pump and see before you uh, get your own gas, uh, odd numbers like $15. I mean, a typical fill-up used to cost Americans, depending on the number of gallons, but half what it's costing today. And you can buy unleaded at $1.85. Now it's $4.55 and, and up. Uh, so they're feeling it on the basic essentials. Uh, they're seeing the empty shelves where they can't get the products that they normally get. They're seeing when they go get a, um, uh, a cheeseburger or a hamburger at a, at a local uh, fast food that uh, what they're paying. And so, uh, you know, normally you have offsets on this. You'll have something to go up, other things will go down. But when you have severe shortages, when you have the cost of borrowing money, uh, when you have the fact that Americans, uh, their dollars just aren't going where they used to, uh, as far as they used to, then it becomes critical. And uh, the soft landing is not going to be there. We're into a recession. And from the acts of this administration, not their words, we're going to be in a recession for a good while. Congressman Ralph Norman, thank you. My pleasure. Thank you. Republican Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene is introducing a bill that would restrict access to gender transition treatments for minors. She calls it the Protect Children's Innocence Act. Before they know what they want to be when they grow up, these kids are taking puberty blockers, taking hormone therapy treatment, getting double mastectomies, even as young at the age as 12 years old, hysterectomies, just sterilization, and even castration. This should never happen in the United States of America. As a matter of fact, it should never happen anywhere in the world. The Congresswoman says it's an ideological trend to sexualize children and push transgender topics among kids. The bill would make it a felony to provide gender transition surgery or medication to a minor. It also permits a minor to prosecute anyone who provided those options. What's more, the bill prohibits using federal funds for cross-sex drugs or procedures, whether directly or through health insurance. The bill has 37 co-sponsors and it's currently in the House Judiciary Committee. And staying on the topic of gender transitioning for minors, Virginia updated its guidelines on transgender students at public schools. The new policies reverse previous guidelines. We spoke with senior research fellow from the Heritage Foundation, Jay Richards. Jay Richards, thank you so much for joining us. Great to be with you. Jay, Virginia Governor Youngkin has announced some major changes to the state's transgender policy. Um, what do you make of it and what would you say is the most significant change? Well, I would say it's a step in the right direction. If people are just looking at headlines, they may think it's this enormous change. What it actually does is it requires schools to get permission from parents before they socially transition 
the kids in school. So in other words, if a school is gonna change the name or the pronouns for a kid, they just simply have to get permission from the parents ahead of time. So it's really, it's, it's in some ways a very modest move. It just prevents schools from doing social transition behind parents' backs. I think honestly, if you look at the language though, the thing that's the, the most significant is that they define sex. And so they, they say sex is biological sex. And that I think pretends well for say girls sports and girls bathrooms and things like that. Because of course we segregate based on sex, bathrooms and sports, but if that's not clear, in the rules, then schools can sort of do whatever they want, as we've seen, Those is, that's not always a good thing. Jay, one argument that trans activists make is that if you don't support the transitioning of a minor, that they're more susceptible to, uh, say, suicide. Um, what do you say to that point? It's a popular talking point. Parents are often told this by school counselors and therapists, but if you actually look at the data, it's simply not true. I mean, we, we know that kids that have gender dysphoria, they do suffer much higher rates of suicide and suicidal ideation. That's a serious problem, but the idea that they need social transition in order to solve that problem simply isn't borne out by the facts or the data. Uh, that's the thing, unfortunately, that scares parents. And so, you know, this is the thing that schools claim that, well, if we don't do this, uh, the parents won't let them do it and then they'll, they'll be at higher rate of suicide. But it's, it's just simply not true. Jay, when it comes to transgender uh, choosing which bathroom they prefer to use, uh, there have been cases of sexual harassment in, in those bathrooms. Um, they're isolated situations, so the stories don't get out much. Um, but how concerning is this? And do you think this could be avoided with the governor's policy? The, the governor's policy can help. He has not, it doesn't deal directly with that question, but anyone that remembers the Virginia election will recall uh, that one of the sensational events, unfortunately, was that a, a girl had been sexually assaulted in a bathroom by a, a male who was dressed as a female, and uh, the county school had actually kind of covered that up. And so uh, it played a role in uh, Governor Youngkin's election, probably helped to get him elected. And so I would expect him to pay attention, but this, this new ruling with the Department of Education is, it's a modest first step in the right direction. On a slightly different note, uh, Heritage has just released an education uh, report, uh, freedom report card with some striking statistics. Um, since 1950, public school enrollment is up 100%. Uh, teachers' jobs are up 243%. And administration jobs are up 709%. What do these numbers tell you? Well, it, it tells us that there's way, way, way too much money being hoovered up uh, by the educational establishment, both the, certainly the teachers unions, but also uh, the kind of administrative side, uh, side of education. I mean, the reality is no one thinks that in the 1950s we needed a much, much larger educational bureaucracy, and there's a lot of dollars being spent on things that don't directly help the outcomes of students. And so um, I think it's deeply concerning. It's one data point, but the good news is that there are states like Florida and, Ar uh, and Arizona who are moving in the right direction and empowering parents and students to exercise real educational choice and freedom, and we think that's a good thing. Jay Richards, thank you so much for joining us. Pleasure. I just want to thank everybody for listening to this episode. If you enjoy our content, please leave us a rating and a review as it really goes a long way in helping us spread the truth. Until next time, I'm your host, Steve Lance at NTD, and we'll see you soon.